following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for Fans by Fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and alongside with me, as per usual for NFL history episodes, he's sporting a uh, I can't see the number, but I'm gonna guess it's a very nice Johnny Unitas. I knew it. I could tell by the blue and the stripes on the side. Uh, Mr. Andrew Lenz in the house. What's going on, Andrew? How are you? The greatest Colts quarterback of all time and possibly the greatest NFL quarterback of all time, Johnny Unitas. <laughs> I think that's the only way you can say it. Mr. Golden Arm himself. What a guy. What a guy. Um, Johnny will unite us all. <laughs> that is the name of my fantasy football team this year. And if we ever expand into the retro, expand our retro league into the sixties, that will be the name. Our That's fifth. a good one. That's a good one. That is a good one. Um, so yeah, so this is actually, this is our, yeah, this is, so this is our first featured one yes. uh, for this month featured athlete spotlight. Uh, for the uh, the little people, big world. No, I'm just kidding. Little football people, big football world uh, theme for the month of February. And uh, I wanted to start off with a banger. All right. I, I still don't know if we've actually done an episode on him uh, in before because there's a long history pre-Andrew of me just throwing episodes out there. So, um, so we're going to talk about the great – Barry Sanders today on this uh, on this podcast episode. Very very excited to talk about him. He fits in line with a uh, with you know uh, numerous things. Of course, our main theme was the shorter football players, but you know, of course, in that same you know token, I do want to acknowledge you know Black History Month as, as much as we can. And listen, Barry Sanders was just pure excellence uh, in everything that he did and his run. He his early retirement while not the first early, early retirement in NFL history uh it was one that shocked many many people and uh you know there's a a lot of theories as to what could have been if Barry played out the normal uh you know career length that 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 some players do but uh but man what a what a legacy this man left and I am excited to talk about him today Barry Sanders was the reason why Thanksgiving was so awesome for football. Oh, you ain't kidding. <laughs> People bitch today about watching the Lions, and I and I understand it. But through the 90s, you didn't because you got to see Barry. And that's all it was, was Barry. And it was like one of those great things where it was just you, you knew something was going to happen. It was like that episode of The Simpsons where, you know, everybody's fighting in the yard and Homer's like, I don't want to go because that guy's going to do something. And I'm going to miss it. 
And that's how it was with Barry Sanders, because it'd be like one yard, two yard, three yard, four yards, five yards. And you'd be like, ah, oh, he's not going to do anything. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Next thing you know, he rips off this 80-yard run where he just totally shakes out the other defense, and they just look like crap. And Barry just looks like the most amazing running back ever to play the game. Oh, 100%. He, he was the first NFL, I, I, I want to say he's the first NFL superstar that I remember growing up, like coming into, I want to say that I, I you know, because I used to play when I early, early days when playing Madden at home by myself on like the Sega Genesis or the Super Nintendo or even some of those very early PS1 ones. I used to love playing as the Detroit Lions for to be able to play as Barry Sanders. Barry and like Brett Favre were those early like national, you know, national elite players that I, like mainstream superstars, I guess, in a way that, that I really gravitated towards. And yeah, Barry was just, you know, he was electric. He was incredible. He was fun. And I love the point you make about Thanksgiving being fun, you know, making Thanksgiving games fun. He did. Like, there's no doubt about it. He was a draw and, and, you know, I love the point about how, you know, we, we can't stand seeing the Lions now, but, uh, you know, one, that's their day. That's their day. They selected it. That's 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 theirs. It's never being taken away from them. Uh, well, maybe. You never know. But Barry Sanders made that, you know, it, you, you hit the nail right on the head. He made those Thanksgiving games so much more exciting um, with his just incredible performances. Love Barry Sanders. Just yeah. I have a black and blue jersey of uh, Barry Sanders. It's a nice Mitchell and Ness one. I wore it a couple years ago when the Lions made it to the playoffs. They lost to, I think, Seattle, but I had to have it. It, it looked really, really cool. Black with that that bright. It's not even like a pow, it's not even a powder blue. <sighs> I'm not even sure what they what the Lions acknowledges are blue as, but. It was that it was, it's a really, really nice Jersey had to have it. One of the first ones I, when I started collecting jerseys, one of the first ones I got. It's Barry. Right. Barry is that is, is that guy. That's the thing too. Cause I, we live in a day and age where there's so much like team loyalty. Right. Uh, and even back, especially in the nineties, right. There was team loyalty. You know, you usually didn't say nice things about teams. You didn't like it was, you know, uh, Thurman, Thurman, this, and, and, you know, Emmett Smith, that, and, and Walter Payton, this, but everybody loved Barry Sanders. I don't think I've ever heard one person say a negative thing about what Barry Sanders brought to the football field. No, cause he's got too many negative yards, but <laughs> it's yeah. I think that's the only thing I've ever heard somebody bring up is how many negative yards he has. And I think it was one time and you know how you get that one bitter person on like a Facebook in a Facebook group every single time. Yes. That and it was only that one person that was like, well, he's got the most, I still believe he still owns that record. Most negative yards behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. But that was his game, right? He wasn't the bowl you over type of guy. He was this fast little guy that was going to shake you out of your out of your shoes and everything else. You know, there's NFL players that point out, you know, where they've got their knuckles dislocated and they say, okay, this was, I was trying to tackle Barry with this one. 
was trying to tackle with this one. Michael Strahan mentioned that he once tackled him by himself, and he thought it was like the greatest accomplishment of his career because yeah. he tackled Barry Sanders by himself. So I don't see, like you said, how anybody can say anything negative about him. Or You have to really be reaching, basically. You really have to really be reaching to say something bad about Barry. Yeah, you would. I mean, Emmett Smith should thank him. Early <laughs> oh, you ain't kidding. That is a interesting debate. I don't think Emmett has that record. Maybe later on, or you would have had to play for the Cardinals for a couple more years. But those were the three guys in the 90s I remember though watching is Barry, Thurman, and Emmett. And Emmett kind of kind of slowed down. Thurman slowed down, but Barry just was always so good yeah up until that last year when he was like i'm done right he left out on top which i think is you know is, is pretty remarkable at that it's left so much mystery in fact uh myself and andrew to our listeners myself and andrew are actually talking about a uh what if situation if if barry sanders uh he continues to play and uh that's going to be within the next we'll say within the next month so if you do listen to our what if episodes every single monday um you can expect that one to come soon. All right. It should be an interesting one. And, you know, we, we take a, uh, I like, you know, looking at these what ifs and thinking, you know, it, it, there's a lot more, you know, that could possibly have happened outside of, you know, just Barry just being, just destroying the all time rushing yards record. You know, um, there's a lot more outside of that. And that's definitely a conversation for another day. Like I said, that'll be within the next couple of weeks. I will have that one up for you, but, um, but yeah, man, Barry, what a legend. Can't wait to get started. Let's, uh, you ready to hop into this thing? Yeah, let's go. All right. So Barry was born in uh, Wichita, Kansas, and, uh, he was a, he pretty much stayed in the position he played in, you know, throughout most of he was a tailback, uh, his sophomore year, but he actually did not get to start until the fourth game of his senior year, the starting running back until the fourth game of his senior year, which is like pretty like insane his his road here, right? We we hear about Derrick Henry and compiling all those just disgusting yardage, you know, totals that he had in high school, which are, I think, un, uh, just about unmatched uh, and maybe always will be. But, you know, Barry didn't, <laughs> was a late bloomer. His brother started before him and, uh, and so many other situations. It was also height discrimination. One of his other college or high school coach thought he was soft. He was too mm. small and too soft to play running back. Interesting. Well, he couldn't stick it up the middle, as they said. Interesting. Well, I mean, seven, the last seven games of his season, um, he put up 1,417 yards. So I'm sure his coach, uh, you know, really ate those words. Probably regretted that one a little bit. He had uh, All-State honors, and he averaged 10.2 yards per carry. Uh, still overlooked, though, uh, by a lot of college recruiters. He uh, he, re- he received scholarship offers from a couple smaller, um, not just a couple smaller schools, but em- like Emporia State University, which nobody's ever heard of. It's, I, when I first glanced over, I was like, oh, Empire State University. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Iowa State University of Tulsa and Oklahoma State University Stillwater. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is also in high school when he was, you know, setting records is 
Barry Sanders is like the most humble football player ever. So his coach, because they did switch coaches, and his coach looked at him and he was going for the city rushing title, and they were blowing out, and he said, hey, Barry, we're winning, and we're, we just got this game won. Uh, do you want me to leave you in? And you can get that city rushing title or, or you know, get yards towards it. Or do you want to let the younger – or do you mind if I let the younger kids play? And he said without a hesitation, he said – let the younger kids play that's so cool yeah <laughs> and then also with these universities it was down to tulsa and oklahoma in oklahoma state he wanted to, his father wanted him to go to tulsa because okay he would play he would play sooner than where he did end up going to and i'll let you there's more stories in college too as well okay um but yeah, so he ends up uh, he ends up going he ends up enrolling to Oklahoma State University to play for the uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys from 1986 to 1988, and he wore number 21. Uh, and this is a cool thing that it, you taught me uh, several years ago, my good friend, is that he was actually the backup to Mr. Thurman Thomas. Uh, what a backfield! You actually mentioned there's a there's a cool quote about from the coach around that time, right? Barry Switzer of Oklahoma, uh, when he went into the, when they were going into the game, he said, "Do not hurt Thurman Thomas." It's like Thurman Thomas is a great running back, but you don't want to mess with Barry Sanders. He was like, "Do not hurt Thurman Thomas. Just you, you guys don't want to do that." And Barry's father is a big Oklahoma fan. So he went to the rival Oklahoma State. And when he signed the paper, he told him, he said, I was an Oklahoma fan before you were born. I'm an Oklahoma fan still. I'm not rooting for your team. Because <laughs> so, his father was very hard. His father at a very early age told him, said, I'm not your friend. I'm your father. And he's also kind of, you know, push Barry, but. That's one of the things is that he was this like hidden gem because he did a lot of punt returns and everything else. And Barry Switcher, who is a great college coach, especially at Oklahoma, told him, said, don't hurt Thurman Thomas because you don't want to deal with Barry Sanders. Yeah, which is, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, 87, he had, he had a pretty, uh, he had a decent year. Led the nation in kickoff, in, in yards per kickoff return, 31.6. He rushed for over 600 yards and scored eight touchdowns with four of them on the special teams return. Um, but then it came his time to shine, junior year. It's all Barry Sanders. And uh, in 1988, which is, uh, you know, well, yeah, this is last year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. He, entered, he entered the draft. There's some spe- We'll talk about that in a moment. But um, he led the nation with 7.6 yards per carry, 200 yards per game. Uh, and he rushed for, uh, for four, four times. He rushed over 300 yards. Oh my God. Uh, you know, they, 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 they fed him the ball quite a bit, 344 attempts that year. And he had another 516 yards on special teams. So a, a huge workload, but his final season was, uh, just impressive. 373 attempts. Over 12 games played, 2,850 rushing yards. Uh, 
averaging 237.5 yards per game. And he had 42 touchdowns his final year. All right. Uh, to go with that, his senior year, or excuse me, his last year, 19 catches for 106 yards and two touchdowns. Um, yeah, he's really, really good at what he does. They, he won the MVP of the Holiday Bowl. And a um, lot of stories of humbleness. And, you know, why me type thing is that he, they actually had to get him from the showers to go back out and accept the MVP award for the Holiday Bowl. Really? Because he's already, he's already in the showers. <laughs> there's another great story to the humbleness of the Heisman thing is just, it's mind blowing how humble this guy is in a day and age of this diva NFL, this look at me type, sometimes look at me type players today. Right. Yes. Um, he actually remind you know, who reminds me a lot of him is uh, Jonathan Taylor a little bit. Yeah, the way he's just what you know, he's a team first guy. It's not about me; it's about the team, kind of thing. I've gathered that a lot from uh, from from watch from just just watching. You know, I remember watching Barry, seeing how he the way he carried himself and the way that JT carries himself. It's it's uh it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so he does. He's one of the first actually uh, players to get drafted. Uh, right, there was a rule prior to this; you had to be a senior. Yeah, I forgot who changed that. Somebody changed it. Or they fought it and they changed it where you had to be you you got you had to be a senior, but now it's you gotta have at least three years. You gotta play at least three years of college eligibility because Larry Fitzgerald came out as a redshirt sophomore. Okay. So I can't I'm not one hundred percent sure on who changed it, but it was definitely a newer rule at this point that you could jump into the draft. Right. Yeah. Newer. I don't know if he was the first one, but it, it was definitely, he was one of the newer, uh, the, the, uh, the first ones to do it. And Oh, what's up? Oh, the Heisman trophy. Oh, oh yes. Yes. So he won the Heisman trophy and he's over in Tokyo. So they had to do it like via video. And he goes up to the Oklahoma state, kind of like PR athletic director. And he goes, you know, that, that thing that they're doing in New York, He's like, yeah, Barry, it's it's the Heisman Trophy, you know, you know, ceremony. He's like, yeah, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> like, that. That was probably one of the most another baffling thing to me is like, how do you not want to do this? You're probably you're guaranteed to win it with almost 3000 yards and all those touchdowns. Right. But yet you're like, no, I'm OK. I'm okay. And he doesn't even have the Heisman trophy in his house. It's at his parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, that's, it's just crazy how that thing is. Yeah. The humbleness that it's incredible humbleness to, to kind of just have your head, you know, just keep your head on your shoulders, you know, like, like with all that going on, we see, I mean, we see it a lot like nowadays too, or these Heisman winners, they kind of just fall apart. Right, they make it to the pros. It all goes to their head, and they just kind of fall apart. Because, um, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, there's not a very good like Heisman winner to Super Bowl, you know, uh, ratio. Heisman winners playing or winning Super Bowl ratio, and as far as a lot of success goes, a lot of these Heisman, a lot of Heisman winners kind of they they they, fa- they fall out. That's um, you know relatively early on. If Burrow wins, I think he's only going to be maybe the third or 
four because the only two that come off the top of my head that won a Heisman and played quarterback, Stallback and Plunkett. I, I Correct. Think, I'm yeah, probably that's... thinking of an. I'm probably missing one, but those are the two that I like right off the top of my head. Wait to win it as as a quarterback? Yeah. Oh wait, no. To win. Oh, to win and win a Super Bowl. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I think let's say, and then outside a quarterback, I think it's really just Marcus Allen, right? Uh, Desmond Howard. Okay. All right. That yeah, make yeah. Right. There, there's some crazy stat. I'm a Marcus it's, Allen, it's, but it's Desmond Howard. Who cares? About <laughs> but um, but yeah. So that's really cool that that he won this thing and and he's just like whatever. You know, obviously, he seems like somebody who didn't care much for the way that the college system operated back then, which is, you know, largely reflected today in how those changes are happening. Well, he he wanted to go back. His mother wanted him to go back. Barry wanted to go back. His father didn't mm. want to go back. It was the, one of those uh, financial hardship things. Gotcha. So that's why he came out. Interesting. Well, I mean, obviously it paid off in, in dividends. He was a, you know, top three draft pick in the very coveted 1989 draft that featured uh, the likes of Deion Sanders, if I'm not mistaken. This is Troy Aikman as well, correct? Top five was Troy Aikman, Tony Mandarich, Barry yes. Sanders, Derek Thomas, and then Deion Sanders. So, uh, was too shabby. Um, then head coach of the Detroit Lions, Wayne Fonts, what really, really wanted Barry. Upper management did not want Barry. They wanted the under uh, the other Sanders. They wanted Dion, but uh, Fonts really wanted them to get Barry instead. Um, they gave him the number twenty. And he was off for the number twenty, and he accepted it. And uh, and Fonts actually, it, it what it was was a, it was a tribute to a, a Lions great, which is really funny to say sometimes. Um, by former Lions greats, Lem Barney and Billy Sims and Fonts had requested Sanders to wear it in tribute to, uh, to Billy Sims, which is, which is pretty neat. Uh, and, and the whole reason why we're talking about him is his size, right? They're like, Oh, too small, too small to play in the national football league, five foot eight, 203 pounds. There's no way. Um, but ironically enough, he was the same size and height and size as Walter Payton. Uh, <laughs> which is, uh, which is actually relatively funny. Um, and he panned out, you know, he was just, he was just too quick and that was his playing style. He was just so fast and elusive that defenders didn't have a chance to hit him, you know, quite like, you know, qu- quite the way that they wanted to. One of my favorite runs is still when he turns around Tony Castillas. And he just completely loses them. I've never, I've never seen that in a game since, where a player just loses another player. I've seen him out run him, run, you know, run by him, juke him out, but to just completely lose sight of where a player is, right? It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, when he's right next to you. That's the <laughs> funny thing about it. Yeah, he he really knew how to turn on the burners, man. If you just go and watch Barry, like I'm probably gonna when we're done recording today, I'm probably just gonna hop on YouTube and watch some Barry Sanders highlights just because I just need to. That's how good he was. But um, so 1989, we go into his rookie season. Uh, he did not go into camp. 
They had a little bit of a contract dispute, but eventually settled and agreed on a five-year, $9.5 million uh, contract. All right, he played his first game in week one of the 89th season against the uh, the Phoenix Cardinals, and he had an okay day. 71 yards and nine attempts and a rushing touchdown. Um, but his first, this is pretty cool, his first rushing attempt was 18 yards. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's seven more yards than what Tony Dorsett had hit in his NFL debut, if I'm not mistaken, Matt. I think you're right. Nice little retro league dig on you there. Connection. Oh, yeah. Yep. It still hurts. It still hurts. Really hurts. Um, <laughs> but uh, and then he scored his first touchdown on his fourth attempt. So that's pretty neat. Um, but his workload started to increase a little bit. It's the Lions in 1989. It's, it's tough. But, you know, playing the Giants, he starts getting used in the passing game a little bit. Um, he went over the the hundred yard mark in his third in his third career game, 126 yards on 18 attempts and a touchdown against the Bears. And um, yeah, it was just you know it's 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 I, I can go through every single game here if I really wanted to, but in uh, simply put, 89, he finished with 1,470 yards off of 280 rushing attempts and 14 rushing touchdowns. And um, yeah. Pretty pretty good Fran- rookie franchise record and uh, for I think yeah for any well, any running back in Lions history, but uh, yeah it was a it was a yeah it was a pretty pretty solid start for his uh, for his for his career. He ranked second in NFL rushing yards. Um, just he was just ten yards shy of uh, Christian Okoye. But he did win the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, which is pretty cool. He's named his first career Pro Bowl and first team All Pro. Um, yeah, he he elected. He didn't want to go back in to get those final ten yards. Is there a story behind that? No, Kevin Glover, the offensive lineman, told him. Just same thing with that thing was like, you know, he's like he's like Barry. You're you're he's like you're about to, you could get the rushing title, and he's like oh. How many more yards do you need? He's like, 10. That's all you need is 10. He's like, yeah, uh, I'm okay. <laughs> and that was it. Like, whatever. What a guy. We can all take a We can all learn a little bit from Barry Sanders, I guess. Just, um, yeah, I don't need that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Going into 1990, it looks like some pretty decent performances here. Um. He only had four games over 100 yards rushing, but he finished off 1,304 rushing yards uh, off of 255 attempts and 13 rushing touchdowns. And, uh, but this is, he did lead the league in rushing yards this year. And he was the first Lions running back to do that since Byron White in 1940. He was ranked third in rushing touchdowns, a whole bunch of stuff, 5.1 rushing yards per attempt. Uh, But the Lions still stunk. All right, six and 10. They did not make the postseason. But uh, another Pro Bowl appearance for him. 1991, though, this is when things get really, really good. All right, this is the year that the Lions actually go all the way to the NFC Championship game. They did fall to Washington at this time, but this was the um, uh, this was the beginning of a nice stretch of of playoff appearances, not consecutively. Uh, they did miss in '92, but. Um, 
this is the beginning of it. This this first year. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's see where it is. This uh, man, they really just cut through everything. But yes, 1991. He's I mean he's really carrying this team at, at this point, and they end up going all yeah, again all the way to the NFC Championship game. And yeah, the 91 team won 12 regular season games, which is a franchise record. I believe that still stands to this day. Got him. It has to. I don't, do you remember them winning 13? I remember them getting 16 losses, but I don't remember 13 wins at any point. No, I don't think so either. But uh, yeah, just, just uh, again, just more and more success in going, you know, going further into his career. Uh, yeah, 91, 93, 94, 95, and 97. He was a part of those Lions playoff squads. Um, and just, I mean, just consistently, like, just the yardage totals. Um, I have a- 94, he did really good. 1883 on the ground and uh, 283 receiving yards. He was one of, like, it was a pretty big deal to go over 2,000 yards from scrimmage at that point in time. Uh, let's see. In 1990, 1994 was like probably his, his best year. Um, he no, broke. 90, what's that? 97 was probably the best. Oh, that's fair. Okay. Oh, I see it. I, I see. I, it. I got He broke gotta, some records in 94, but yeah. I remember 94. They thought everybody. He thought he was going to go over 2,000 because nobody's done it since Eric Dickerson. I mean, how many times has this guy gone for 2,000 since? Right. You know, just recently, didn't. Who, uh, Chris Johnson, Henry, Derek Henry, Adrian Peterson. So it's like, okay, but nobody's done it at that point. And at this point in 10 years since Eric Dickerson. Right. So I remember that being like the big thing. Is he going to break Dickerson's record? Is he going to get over 2000? What's going to happen in 94? Yeah, he... Let's see. He had it by week 14, I think. Is that or no? It was a, forgive me. Uh, he had uh 14 consecutive 100 yard game, 100 plus yard games. He like, he had a bunch of, in that 97 season, he hit like a record with OJ. He was like the first person to do something since he OJ. Um, it, it was, yeah, to rush for 2000 yards in a span of 14 games. So that's what consecutive games. So that's what it was still 16 game season, but in a 14 in 14 consecutive games, he hit that 2,000-yard mark, which is disgusting. Um, I have such a funny story about this because I remember this game. It was against the Jets. Of course. And it was a night game. It was Sunday, obviously. And my friend and I went over to uh, his girlfriend's house, and I was hanging out with his girlfriend's sister. All right? And now I'm a freshman in high school. And I'm alone in a house with a girl in a bedroom. And my friend is in the living room. And then all of a sudden I hear, oh, my goodness, he's going to do it. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, wait, what? Because I knew the game was on in there. I pushed this girl to to the side. And I was like, I need to see Barry Sanders hit 2,000 yards. (laughs) That was my whole goal at that point. That's amazing. I was like, I can get another girl. But am I going to see Barry Sanders or maybe any other NFL player hit 2,000 yards again after I just said multiple guys? Have done I know, it? right? 
but it was such a big deal back then and me being the football weirdo that i am i'm like young adolescent you know wackiness hormones going crazy but football shuts all that down because i gotta see barry sanders break 2000 yards <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome but yeah he uh that year he actually shared he shared the mvp award with uh with brett Favre. so um pretty pretty sweet not a bad uh not a bad run his final year 1998 uh where'd it go i just had it right in front of me uh he rushed for this is the he had a four so he had a four-year streak of rushing for over 1500 yards and uh 98 his last season he rushed for 1491 I mean, these numbers are just in, like incredibly insane. He's, he's well over the 1,000-yard mark every single year um, that, that he's playing. And he decided that uh, he's like, I'm done. Um, so his retirement, it was very abrupt. He was actually expected uh, a little, I don't know if it's a little-known fact, but he was expected to be one of the first Madden cover athletes. Uh, I believe he's supposed to be on the cover of Madden it would be 2000. Yeah, it would, have, it would have been mad in 2000. If it came out in this September of 99, it would have been mad in 2000. He was supposed to be on the cover of that. That was Eddie George, right? Um, well, I, mean, I think that's, is that 99 or maybe it was 99. No, because he ret- his last year was. No, I'm saying I was oh. trying to think Eddie George, what one he was on. I think he might have been. Maybe he was a one. I think Eddie George might have been 01. Eddie George was 01. Okay. All right. But Barry was supposed to 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 be on the cover of of that that yeah, Madden 2000. I think Hold on, my microphone unplugged. Hello? Test test. There we go. Okay. I think with Madden still on the cover. It's supposed to be like a shared thing. Uh but he retired and they actually withdrew the they they, they had to redesign the whole Madden cover. But, um, but yeah, so on July 27th, 1999, Sanders announced that he was retiring from pro football, and he faxed a letter to uh, his hometown newspaper, the Wichita Eagle, and he wrote, shortly after the end of last season, I felt that I probably would not return for the 1999-2000 season. I also felt that I should take as much time as possible to sort through my feelings and make sure that my feelings were back with conviction. Today, I officially declare my departure from the National Football League. Um, and he finished with incredible stats. Sorry, what's that? I have the rest of the letter. Oh yeah, go ahead, please. Okay. Uh, so sorry. No, you're good. So after that, he put it was a wonderful experience to play in the NFL. I have no regrets. I will truly miss playing for the Lions. I consider the Lions players, coaches, staff, management, and fans my family. I leave on good terms with everyone in the organization. I've enjoyed playing for two great head coaches, Wayne Fonts and Bobby Ross, who are good coaches and leaders. I'm not involved in a con- uh, I'm sorry, in a salary dispute of any kind. If I had played this season, I would have earned more more than the more than satisfactory salary. The reason I'm retiring is simple. My desire to exit the game is greater than my desire to remain in it. I have searched through my heart 
through and through and feel comfortable with my decision. I want to thank all the fans and media who've made playing in the NFL such a wonderful experience. I've had the pleasure of meeting many of them, although I was not able to honor many of your requests for autographs and interviews. It was not because I was overlooked the importance of those who asked. Finally, I'd like to thank my family, friends for their support and guidance. I wish my teammates, coaches, and the entire Lions organization all the best. Hmm. I love the autograph thing. Yeah. You could tell yeah, he legitimately just cared. He I legitimately think, cared. I think the greatest line in this, though, where you could see and a lot of people, when you could see them retire, my desire to exit the game is greater than my desire to remain in it. Yeah. It takes a big a big person to sit back and, and acknowledge that. It it just it just does. I mean, we, we you know how many Andrew, you and I are are fans of a lot of different mediums of sports, entertainment, uh, pop culture, and how many people just go way past their just like way past their prime and stuff and do things that they they shouldn't do. Uh, like it's one of those things where as soon as you have those doubts, you, you kind of just got to do it right. Like um, pro wrestling, we see, I know pro wrestling and, and, and actual sport is, is, is a, an interesting comparison, but how many people, you know, um, stay way past the time that they should, right. They, they, they go through these doubt periods, right. If you're, if your desire to leave something that you care so much about is greater than coming, just coming back and playing it, you're putting yourself in a in a pretty compromising position. One, injury wise. Two, how you look, right? If you're a if you come to if you pay to see Barry Sanders, and you're already thinking about not you you, you know you're Barry Sanders and you're thinking I don't want to do this anymore. Are, are you really going to be the same player? Are are you truly going to be the same player? Um, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's one of those things. It, you just, and people, people look back fondly upon Barry Sanders now because he did not run himself into the ground. I think, I think that's an important aspect of this, you know, again, going back to pro wrestling, the Ric Flair's and the, and the Hulk Hogan's of the world. And, and even in some, some other cases, there's a lot of other sports where guys just, uh, you know, went way past their prime. It it almost cheapened their experience and their legacy and their name. And I don't know if that was on Barry Sanders' mind because he doesn't. He seems a little humble. He seems very humble. But uh, but I feel like a lot of that you know kind of plays into it. If I can't, if I'm not fully invested, if I don't love this the way that I used to, and I can't wait to be done with with my career, then there's just there's just no point. There's there's no point in me putting on pads, taking away the job, uh, a job, a potential job, away from somebody who wants this way more than I do. Yeah, I think when you look at it, I think of Andrew Luck. Yeah, I think Andrew Luck wants to play, but his desire, like what it says, my desire to exit the game is greater than my desire to remain in it. Yeah, and don't don't push yourself like we. I hate the the guy the jersey that I'm wearing. If you look at Johnny Unitas, and with his last year with the Chargers, it's not the same. No, um, 
you know, Jerry Rice, when he got traded to Seattle, never in my lifetime would I think that Jerry Rice would get traded for a sixth or seventh round pick and then be when he was on Denver's, you know, uh, preseason roster, be the fifth wide receiver. I think those were just signs of, I I understand where he was coming from, where I know Jerry Rice likes to say he was going to play until the wheels fall off, but sometimes you got to know, maybe you got to leave when the wheels wobbling. Right. When it's completely off and Barry left it when he just heard a creak, I would have to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree. Oh, I didn't hit 1500 yards. Time to go. <laughs> gotta, gotta do this thing. Um, but his retirement was not like this. This is, it wasn't, it didn't end up being as heartfelt uh, f- from the lion's end of things as, as Barry probably had hoped. Um, he had just signed two years previously a uh, huge extension, $34.56 million over six years with an $11 million signing bonus. Uh, the Lions, and, uh, and this is like a mistake that they repeated with Calvin Johnson. Uh, and, you know, the, well, nobody else, but Calvin Johnson was a big mistake that they did this with they demanded the return of the 5.5 million dollar bonus they were perfectly within their legal you know right to do that but the fact that they did it is like shoddy and it makes me i mean not to bring the colts into this thing but like jim ursay let andrew luck keep his signing bonus as like a thank you for everything he had done and uh sanders is like no 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 uh it's a signing bonus yeah i'm yeah not doing it i'm not giving it back and the Lions sued, and so it became this big court battle. And uh, an arbitrator actually ruled that Sanders had to immediately repay about $1.8 million, a little bit more than that, of the signing bonus, uh, with the remaining bonus to be repaid over each of the three years Sanders had left on the contract as long as he stayed retired. So really, really messed up um, on that end. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, that's cold. Um, so essentially he offered to pay back the entire, before the ruling, he offered to pay back the entire 5.5 million in return for his release from the team. So this is another interesting little factor. This is going to play big into our, what if, um, makes you just want to do it that much more, but, and the lions would not release him. They wanted him back to come back to the team. And, uh, Otherwise, they would honor his announced retirement, and uh, yeah, they would not trade. They would not trade him. They would not release him. So crazy. So obviously, there's there are issues there between Barry and the and the Lions front office. Obviously, right? If he's trying to get out or be be released, he just he knows that he's not going anywhere. Sadly and unfortunately, um. What's the Calvin Johnson, Matthew Stafford thing? When you don't feel like they're putting anything into it, why do you keep on giving up your body for it? Correct. Correct. Yeah, if you're not getting the support, why? Why do it? Um, but, yeah. There's actually there's some rumors uh, the, the Lions head coach at the time, Bobby Ross, was may have actually been the reason for his retirement. Um, 
even though Sanders praised him, he said it, it, Sanders admitted eventually that it was frustration with management and the direction of the Lions. The result, you know, just a lack of success. It just piles up on you, and, and I get that. Um, he's, you know, he said that he was humble. His retirement letter didn't just touch his. And this is in quotes. My term, my retirement letter didn't even hint at my frustration because I didn't want to take shots at people as I left. Management had let quality players slip away. We'd been losing for years, and now we're right back where we were when I arrived. End quote. He also wrote, uh, end quote, uh, a goal that I still hadn't realized was playing in the Super Bowl, and all the statistical achievements didn't put the team any closer to playing in the big game. Very much a team guy. Yeah. Yes, he he's a player's guy, and uh, but they have patched things up. All right, he is uh, uh, the Lions are due as of 2017. They are paying him as the team's ambassador, which is uh, it makes it makes up some things. I know that there's still a lot of issues between Calvin Johnson and Detroit. They didn't honor him, I think, at uh, for his Hall of Fame induction. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's one of those things. Um, so and all in total is over his NFL career. We'll go into the stats portion. Um, 3,062 rushing attempts, 15,269 rushing yards. Uh, his longest career one run was for 85 yards. That was in 1994. Uh, and he has 99 touchdowns to his credit, 574 first downs, 352 catches, 2,921 receiving yards. Uh, 66 is his, yards is his longest catch. Uh, 10 receiving touchdowns, 91 receiving first downs. And uh, he fumbled 44 times over his career, but only lost 15 votes. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> no. Uh, some other acknowledgments and I such. Oh, yeah, I think, I think uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll let that one slide. So uh, NFL records, he has most seasons uh, of 100 rushing yards or more or 1,100 rushing yards or more. He has 10 of those tied with Walter Payton. Most uh, consecutive seasons of 1,100 or more rushing yards. Time we just said that. Most seasons of 1,300 or more rushing yards. Uh, Nine of those also tied with Walter Payton. Um, He has seven seasons. He has the most seasons with 1,400 or more rushing yards. So that's pretty solid there. Um. Most consecutive 1,400 or more rushing uh, yards rushing at five. That's tied with Emmett Smith. So um, between 91 and 95. Most seasons, 1,500 yards or more yards rushing, five of those. Uh, we mentioned the 1,500 consecutive plus yards consecutive seasons. We had four of those. In 1997, he, he uh, set an NFL record by rushing for at least 100 yards in 14 consecutive games, which we also mentioned as well. Uh, sharing his uh, sharing the NFL MVP with with Brett Favre. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Each of his first ten, each of his ten years, he was a uh, first or second team All Pro, which was uh, you know, which is I think we much Joe Thomas was. We just talked about him not too long ago. He was first. To, he was uh, well. He was a Pro Bowler every single pro year. Bowler. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a little a little different, but still. Not too shabby. Um, he rushed over his professional football career. He rushed for at least 100 yards in 76 games, just shy of Walter Payton's 77 games and Emmett Smith's 78 games. So that is intriguing. 
he has the NFL record 25 games, which Barry Sanders rushed for 150 yards or more. Jim Brown is second with 22 of those. He has the NFL record of 46 games in which he had in which he had 150 yards from scrimmage or more. So that's rushing and receiving combined. Walter Payton is second at 45. Uh, 15 career touchdown runs of 50 yards or more. That's pretty solid. Jim Brown is in second in that category with 12. Um, at the time of his retirement, he was second only behind Walter Payton's uh, all-time yards record. So Sanders had 15,269. Um, Walter had 16,726 at his retirement. But um, Emmett Smith has that now, right? He's the number eight, right? He's got to be number one, right? Yeah, Emmett Smith's number one. So, but he would have he, he would have eclipsed Peyton within one or two years, and um, yeah, what eleven, eleven or fifteen? What's that? I think he was only eleven or fifteen hundred yards behind him when he retired. What between behind Walter? Yeah, fifteen, about fifteen. Walter was at sixteen seven twenty six. Okay, that's what I thought. So he would have been at one or two seasons. Um. Wait. I know everybody loves old man Frank Gore, but (laughs) Frank Gore is third on the all-time rushing list. And how many years did Frank Gore play from... A lot more than Sanders. Yeah, 2005 to 2020 to accomplish just to pass Barry Sanders. Right. And that's one of the interesting things, like the perspectives of all this is, you know, Frank Gore has just been consistent. He's been there. He's been available where Barry man was just electric. Like there's a notable difference between those two and no, no shade to Frank Gore. I, I love Frank Gore, but just a, obviously just a notable difference between those two. Um, let's see. He has eight, his 18,190 career yards from scrimmage. He's six all time on, on the all time list for that. Um, he's second all time for running backs with a five, five yards per rush attempt. Uh, yeah, he's second all-time behind Jim Brown's 5.2. And he's the only other player who averages five, po- five yards per attempt. Uh, his career rushing yards per game average of 99.8 is second behind only Jim Brown's of 104.3. And let's see, what else we got? Uh, elected the Pro Football Hall of Fame, January 31st, 2004. Uh, he was elected to it on August 8th. He received the honors. He was in the same class as Bob Brown, Carl Eller, and John Elway. And, uh, yeah, there's that There's that fun stat. Sanders also holds the NFL record for the most carries for negative yardage. He's the all-time leader in rushing yards lost by a running back with 1,114. I think he ran for, like, negative 20 yards. It was a playoff game against the Packers. Oof. He ran for zero yards. It was something, like. All they did was stack the line of scrimmage and it was in green Bay. It's cold stack the line of scrimmage. And it was Dunzo for Barry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's tough. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's Barry Sanders, everybody uh, in did a you, nutshell. Did you ever notice Barry Sanders never celebrated? Um, I didn't personally notice it, but it doesn't surprise me. He's never celebrated every time he's ever scored a touchdown ball goes right to the referee done and he hands him the ball doesn't leave it on the ground hands him the ball and goes back what a guy 
What a guy. But um, but yeah, so there was our Barry Sanders episode, everybody. Uh, I hope we did him justice. Just a great player. Very, very excited at the opportunity to get to talk about him. Um, you know, again, I, I was, I'm just excited. I got to live. I actually, I think I've actually seen Barry play live once. You really? I might have. I've never seen that. I think we used to go to Bill's games all the time when I was younger. It might have been in a preseason game. So I don't think it really, that really counts for anything. But back then, they actually played in preseason. So I thought Boone and Ricky. Well, at least Barry, like when you said, like your first player that you can remember, and you're like, oh, Barry Sanders. Mine is like Joe Montana and Icky Woods. So more so Icky Woods because he did the Icky Shuffle, and I was like a four year old kid, and that was amazing for me. So at least yours is a little bit up there than what mine. <laughs> yeah, I had Barry and Brett Favre, who ironically shared that MVP trophy that one year. But yeah, they were electric. You know, they were just they were just so well known, so good. But uh, Andrew, you have choice. I know we announced the last episode what we're uh, what we're doing for the remainder of the month. But who are we talking about next week? We are talking about Buddy Young. Uh, definitely a throwback. <laughs> we're going all the way to the forties and the fifties to talk about Mister Buddy Young. All right, excelente, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in um to this week's episode make sure you check back and uh yeah super bowl weekend can't forget about that uh i know i left a little message at the end of last uh yesterday's episode but if you don't listen to every single one of our episodes just seriously just have fun be together with friends good luck on your squares and just enjoy uh our last rate our last game of the season for a long time i never thought we'd I hate this point of the year. I really do. I know it's the Super Bowl. I know it's the Super Bowl, and, like, it's so exciting. But, man, when football's done, it is – it it's tough. It's tough. But – um, Huh? It's the dark times. It so is the dark Obi-Wan, times. As Obi-Wan was saying, it's definitely going to be – I'm not even going to say. I'll talk to you. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, we uh, – yeah, at least all the fun stuff, all fun episodes go on for our show. But that is it, everybody. We will talk to you next week. On behalf of Andrew and I, till next time, the two point conversation is good. Three,